Hello and welcome everyone to today's episode of Voices of eLearning. I'm your host, J.W. Marshall with MarketScale, and we are so glad that you found us today. Today's guest is a longtime friend and fellow podcast host. We have Dustin Odom, the Managing Director at Franklin Covey Education. Dustin, how are you doing today? I'm great, JW. Uh, I almost called you Dubs because we've been so close for so long, but uh, JW, I'm great. Thanks for having me on, man. Absolutely. And you are a new podcast host of the Change Starts Here podcast, which I want to dive into why you guys are doing that and what you've learned so far. But before we begin, uh, I'd like to steal a page out of your playbook that was stolen from uh, Brad Montague uh, in his playbook and ask you, who are you and why do you love what you do? It's funny that you asked that. So I, I love asking it, but no one has really ever asked me. So I don't know if I've ever like slowed down to really name it. Um, so I'm Dustin Odom. And what I would say is I have uh, a lifelong passion to unleash human potential in everybody I meet every day. I wrote a, a mission statement after reading the book, The Purpose Driven Life back in college that was, and it has been for 20 some odd years now to make a positive and lasting impact in the life of every person I meet every day. So first and foremost, I'm a man of faith. Secondly, I'm a man about my family. And third, I'm a man about trying to serve and love and uplift others. I love it. That was a pretty good uh, answer for uh, throwing that question on you. And I, and I have to say, Brad Montague got it from Soda Sonia Mayor, who probably got it from someone else. But um, uh, the point being, it's, it's a great question to open with besides who are you and what do you do? Uh, but now I'm going to ask that. So tell us a little bit about Franklin Covey and what do you do at Franklin Covey Education? Yeah. So uh, Franklin Covey Education, we're an organization that's focused on uh, for, for, to keep it simple, unleashing human potential. Every organization, uh, the, the number one resource every organization has, particularly schools, are their people. And so we specialize in helping people personally develop, and we specialize in getting in the mess of culture and teams and bringing it together for common outcomes. And we specialize in creating systems to get predictable outcomes, whatever it is you're looking for at a student level, all the way up to a district level. That's great. And that's so needed right now, especially as so many schools and many school districts are really in influx. They're trying to plan what's next. And it's a little bit of unknown uh, waters for many districts. We don't want to spend too much time on the pandemic, but what has changed um, in, in your view kind of in the market? What are the big sea changes you're seeing and maybe in relation to leadership and to, to change management uh, as it's been a rough uh, last 14 months? Yeah, I look at it a few different ways. I know that uh, your listeners and you yourself have always been on the forefront of technology innovation, particularly in education. And so from that lens, at least how it's impacted our organization is schools are wanting and yearning for multiple modalities, right? When I started here 10 years ago, everyone, every, every partnering district or school we worked with had a bias towards in-person learning. And so they would hire us to come in and train and coach and be in person. What the pandemic has done is really unleashed the potential of the Zoom technology, as well as our focus on creating high-end, high-impact online learning. And so where there's modalities where you can take little nuggets and, you know, take assessments and move on. And so what we're finding is that that's pretty 
sticky in terms of the impact and retention. And so I think uh, we're just going to see more of that in the future. And we're going to hopefully get better at how do we, you know, get all the way down to using your phone, right, uh, to be able to do that. So I'm excited about that. On the other side, um, I, I think the pandemic, you know, I heard Dr. Fauci, was an interview I had the other day, but we talked about Dr. Fauci calling mental health the second pandemic, right, or the second wave of the pandemic. And I think it's important that districts are thinking about, again, their most precious resources, while their students really matter, I believe are the adults in the buildings. And so making sure we're really taking care of them uh, and helping them have the tools and resources they need to be good for themselves is kind of putting their oxygen mask on first before they can serve others. Um, and so I find a lot of districts are really trying to focus on how do I take care of my teachers? How do I take care of my students? And how do I create personal connectedness with them in the building as well as their families outside the building? I love that. And that um, is a, an area that has got more um, awareness than ever before. And I really think that is going to be lasting, that mental health uh, is not just for that 20% of diagnosed students that, that need help. It's really for all students, for all teachers, for all administrators. Um, and I really hope we don't lose that. So much of, of SEL and, and mental health has been reactive um, the last 12, 14 months. What advice would you have to districts um, as they're in this transition into the summer and next fall? Um, what can they do now to start preparing to be more proactive and more ahead of the game going into next school year? Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a good question. So one, I hope people are staying on the front lines of staying connected to their colleagues, other superintendents or other principal associations, because I think there are really good associations out there that are trying to be a year to five years ahead of a lot of these challenges. And so learning from your colleagues is first and foremost. When it comes to actually implementing, I think one thing I've seen in the past when it comes to mental wellness or social emotional learning, it's felt like there may have been a lot of districts that have just looked for check the box, like just some curriculum to throw at kids. I think if districts can continue to recognize that um, you can't change anybody else, you can only change yourself. And so if they're look for curriculum or professional development that has helped people being reflective, you know, first the, the educators, then the students to really look deep, get a mirror out in front of them before it's just words on a paper. I think that's really important right now so that we're equipping adults and kids with the skill sets to process the aftermath of this pandemic, as well as any other challenges that are inevitably going to come up in their life. That makes perfect sense. And I would imagine you guys oftentimes fall into the bucket of professional development or continuous education for educators. Um, there's been a lot of debate uh, online learning versus on-site learning, and I completely think that's the wrong question, right? We need really, really good quality online learning, and we need really good quality on-site learning, training, professional development. Um, what advice would you have as far as um, maybe less is more and, and try not to burn out your, your educators with uh, maybe really taking a hard look at not just adding more training, but really getting to the heart of what's the really essential training and how do we do that really well? Yeah, I think, I think that's really important. I think um, when I think about our organization, when we partner with districts, you know, again, we, we believe the foundation of everything are the adults in the building, helping them get a mirror out and process the challenges that they have. Um, and so, it may be, you know, as you're working with any organization, you've got a three to five year plan being incredibly intentional this year as you're coming back, taking the right baby step 
right? So let's say normally if you have a three-year implementation or something, there's like five things you want to accomplish year one, maybe it's stepping back and saying, you know what? I really would love to do these three things in our classrooms with our kids, but that may feel really taxing. So let's work on this one thing with the adults and this one thing with the students and let's build off that momentum. And so uh, I think to me, it's, it's having the discipline to say, no, and I'm, I'm going to say no, not no, I'm not adding anything. So we need to, we need to keep going forward. So I do think districts need to look for the right initiatives and uh, learning modalities that fit for what they're trying to solve. But I think intentionally, we always say slow is fast going, you know, at the right pace. So choosing the right things to do right now, so that momentum can build over time. Makes perfect sense. And, and that's a good segue, because really, you guys are looking to help make systemic change uh, in a district, in a school, uh, but it always starts with the individual um, educator, the individual student. And I believe that's uh, the impetus for starting the Change Starts Here podcast. Uh, but tell us a little bit about the podcast and kind of its genesis. How did it come to be? Why are you guys doing it? And, uh, and, and how has it been going so far? Yeah, so we... Um... You know, our organization, I would say, for about 30 years has been, and that's the Franklin Covery corporate organization, has been on the front lines of uh, solving, you know, and unleashing human potential and solving human issues for, you know, Fortune 500 companies all across the globe, right? I would say I think almost every one of the Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 work with us. And so in education, you know, while we've worked with educators for a while, it's really been about 10 years that we've been kind of building up. Uh, within the education space. And so we are confident, again, there's no one size fits all solution. There's no silver bullet for solving people's problems, but we are very passionate and confident about how we solve those human challenges that organizations have. And we'd like to be, you know, on the forefront of everyone's mind when they, when they know they have a human issue, whether it's a personal challenge individually, or they want to go solve a big culture challenge as an organization. Like we believe our organization gets great change and impact and so we want to work on our thought leadership. So one of those strategies was creating a podcast. And our, our goal with the podcast is one, recognizing that real change and real leadership is messy. It's full of false starts. It's full of failures, right? And falling on your face, but it's always about getting up. So that's one. So we want to bring on guests that can talk about their successes, but also talk about their failures. Secondly, we want to find folks, you know, whether we just talked to a superintendent yesterday, or, you know, we've some some really awesome influential authors or thought leaders in this space who don't necessarily you know aren't from franklin covey have association with us uh we we just want to find the best thought leaders out there and have a have a conversation about what's going on and so we hope that as more and more folks learn about uh the offerings that we have as an organization to solve their problems they come they're listening to our podcast and learning from great other thought leaders to help them develop personally but also professionally and I'll put you on the spot. Give us your top three uh, guests so far, and maybe not even top three guests, because I've actually watched almost every one of the episodes, and I'm telling my audience, this is one of the best podcasts out there. Um, you've got to check it out. And, and maybe not the three biggest names, because you've had some really big names on there, uh, like Stedman Graham, uh, Julia Morgenstein, but uh, favorite podcast, maybe because I've, I've watched so many uh, as a host, sometimes you, you get more out of the episode than the, the guest or the listeners. Um, what, what are the three that stand out to you that you've learned the most from um, and you've enjoyed the most? 
So this is really, I, I wish I, I cannot wait to have you on my podcast. I'm going to turn this background around you so that it. 97% of the people can automatically get upset with you. Um, yep. So I, I just, I'll name a couple. Like our first guest was Julie Morgenstern, who talked about, she's a time management expert, but she talked about it, her new, her latest book called Time to Parent. The uh, information she gave me in that podcast. And again, I look at it as like, hopefully she give it to everybody else, but the information she gave me with three young kids right now uh, was life-changing. Uh, Brad Montague is our next person who you just mentioned. You know, he created Kid President, his book called Becoming Better Grownups, where he went around and interviewed kids all across the country to find out what they thought, what it meant to be an adult and what they want from adults. Uh, was also life-changing for me of how do I become a better adult that my kids aspire to be versus uh, one that, you know, they don't want to grow up into. And so that one was pretty revolutionary. There's a gentleman named uh, Adolph Doc Brown, who, if you've not heard of Doc Brown, go, go find him on the internet. He's like, uh, he's got the coolest background out of anybody I've ever talked to. And he's, he, he just wants to serve and love and listen to people. And so He's a person that really impacted me. Again, I'm going to keep going because you asked the question, keep going. but someone who changed my life to get into education, Erin Gruel, she was early on. If you've not seen the Freedom Riders or read the book, read it. She's awesome. Um, and I think about John Gordon, about the positivity bus and like building positive, like at Pamela Fuller about unconscious bias and the struggles that we have right now. Like what we're trying to do, and I, I know I just completely, uh, you're going to laugh because you know I was in student government in high school. You're like, dude, you just answered everybody. I'm keeping everybody happy, Dubs. I'm not trying to, but what I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that we try to choose topics um, and guess that can speak to heart issues, that can speak to personal issues, that can speak to head issues, that can speak to professional challenges, um, to keep it engaging. And so... I think everybody has actually personally impacted me. And that's my goal with the podcast is that if I can get into a real deep conversation where I just pretend it's me and the guest, um, I know I'm going to walk away better. And I hope everybody else who's listening walks away better. Yeah. And that was a total trick question. And I thought you would actually name every single guest, which you got close. Um, and, and those you missed, I'm sure uh, we'll co cover next time. Um, but but really is something where every episode is special um, to my audience. Uh, really check this uh, podcast out because um, whether you're an educator or, or not, uh, you're a parent or not, a uh, business leader, um, it is something. There's something for everyone. Uh, you're always going to come away with some some key, um, you know, practical application um, things that you can take with you. But you're going to come away feeling good, and you're going to come away with inspiration. And and I'll ask the next question. I'll first just kind of tell you what I've I've gathered uh, from listening to the episodes is that there's this common theme of. Um, where where did the change begin in these wonderful guests that you had? And I love that they always give advice on, you know, anyone listening, here's the next step forward you can take. Um, so they really make it, uh, you know, actionable um, beyond entertaining and informative um, so that if you listen every week, uh, you really can begin to see change. And uh, it's reflected in the reviews. Uh, you've got all five-star reviews, some great comments from your listeners. Um, not to pump you up too much, but uh, I'm just excited to get to be a part of it uh, as one of the producers. And so um, is that an intentional uh, where uh, that's just kind of coming out of every episode or is that just a kind of an organic nature of the type of guests that you're having on? 
uh, in terms of uh, having advice for what we can do, like change, yeah. well, it, it's incredibly intentional, as you know, like I, I want to make sure. So two things I want to have happen, well, like probably three, one, I want people to get to know the person we're talking to. And so I'm trying to get better at that of like trying to get people to just like share their background, share their failures, share their, like, just get really comfortable with us Two, throughout the conversation. I'm hoping as you're listening, you're just getting little nuggets that you can write down, make mental notes of things that are practical to you. And then at the end, uh, I, I've named for every guest that I, I want you to come prepared to think about that one thing on your mind right now. And it could be something that is from their own specific content or something they just found out that morning that encourages us to make change in our life, to constantly, to be, become a better leader in person. And so that's, that I would say is, is incredibly intentional. I love that. And and uh, one last thing I've noticed in in the episodes, and I try to do this myself, is is make the episodes unique. Not ask the same questions that everyone else is asking about the new book, about the uh, you know the the big TED talk that they did four years ago that everyone knows them for, whatever that is. Um, I really like that that you you take it in different directions, and I think it shows in the guests going, "Oh, I never thought about that," or "That's a good question," or "No one's ever asked me that." Um, and so the level of engagement with each guest um, and, and with some pretty big name guests um, has been really impressive as well. So, um, Dubs, I'll say, obviously, you've you played a big part of coaching me up because I've never done any of this before. So you and our team, like of Lauren and Wallace uh, and others, like have really done a good job of coaching me uh, to get better. But the the advice that I've taken from you all um, is that early on, I wanted to honor every guest by making sure I knew everything about their book. And I still do that with the guests, but what I would do early was just be like, so JW in chapter seven, you said this, tell me what that means. And like, that's good. But I got some advice that said, you know, at a cocktail party, if you and I were having a conversation, would anybody else be able to listen into that? And so I've had to kind of adjust and make sure that like, I just get lost in my own curiosity and I guess it's refreshing to hear that you're noticing that it's it's uplifting and it feels more engaging because of it. Absolutely. And we're ramping down our time um, because we're trying to keep these shorter. I know both of you and I can go 45 minutes, an hour or four hours on these. And I knew starting this one, the hardest thing would be uh, ending it. Um, but I, I want to turn the tables on you again. And I know I'm going to get this back when I join one of your episodes uh, in the coming months. Um, but what advice would you have either from one of your guests or from yourself um, to my audience, who I'm sure is also uh, always learning, as I try to say at the every episode, um, for, for change? You know, what would be your advice in the next step that they can take or what's been on your heart recently um, around um, a message you could share of, of inspiration and hope and action for my audience? Yeah. So first and foremost, if you don't have a, a mission statement for your life or a purpose, that statement that you've written out and really thought of, investigate that. I know that's a bold thing. Like I always love people say, yeah, go find your mission in life. I'm like, dude, if I could do that, I would be there. So I, I would say it's not about going to find the answer to get started. It's about searching for the answer. And so find books that tackle that. I mean, Purpose Driven Life, which is right here with me. I've read, you know, every couple of years to make sure that I'm recentered on it. But shameless plug, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People dives into that. There's lots of reading out there. John Gordon has a book that is about, there's lots of really good stuff uh, to dive into. So one, I encourage everybody to recognize life is short, dive in to figure out what your purpose is or mission is, because everyone's got unique talent. So figure that out and start discovering it, right? Um, secondly, because life is short, 
don't waste a second. And what I mean by that, um, I had a, a good friend mentor, um, uh, Scott Miller, who is our uh, host of our, our corporate podcast on leadership. And he's just a, a great guy, super inspirational. And he challenged me uh, some months ago about getting up early because he knew that it was tough to balance three kids. So since December 17th, uh, every weekday, I've been getting up between four and 4.30 and I spend time quietly kind of getting my, my spirit right. So in prayer, reflection, all that, I go have a great workout for an hour. I then, uh, you know, spend an hour getting ready for the day, visualizing all the meetings I have, and then spend time with, uh, my kids before they go off. And what I will say is what that allows me to do is I think the one superpower everybody listening should try to work on is showing up and being present. If you can show up and for every meeting you have, just be fully present, not be thinking about a thousand other things you got to accomplish, but be right in the moment. I think that will take care of so many of your anxieties, so many of the challenges and problems you're trying to solve that you don't know how the answers for. If you just put that aside and show up for every meeting that you have and are fully present, I think you'll go a lot, a lot further than you've been going. I love it. And, and thank you for doing that today, showing up and being present. I try to do the same. Uh, you're an inspiration to me and uh, everyone over here at Market Scale. So keep up the great work with the podcast. Dustin, oh, oh what else you got? Dubs, your audience needs to know this man that I'm talking to is <laughs> one of three people in my life that I can point to who genuinely changed the trajectory of my life. So I need you to know uh, as great as you guys probably think your host is, the character behind J.W. Marshall is uh, next to no man in my book. Um, and so I cannot thank you enough for who you are, what you're about, how you love people, how you serve people and the impact you've had on my life. And so just know that I never take that lightly and I want people to know who are listening that that's the man they're listening to. Well, I appreciate that. And, and I wasn't going to have you back on, but now that you've said that, uh, I'm going to have to have you back on again. Um, so to my audience, thank you so much for joining this episode. It's really been a, a treat to get to have Dustin on after all these years. Finally, we've been working on this for a while. Um, and hopefully you're taking some of the things that uh, uh, he shared in his wisdom and, uh, and you're listening to Change Starts Here. It's a great podcast. Thanks again for joining us and always, always keep learning.